is Paul Daniels of Involved Investors, and firstly my apologies for this very belated podcast. I started several times to dictate, and indeed I have much more to share from my 60 years in business, but the truth is that I felt my points were rather trivial in the overall scale of the decimation of society as we know it by COVID-19, decimation which is so affecting business, my major subject. Don't get me wrong, I'm hugely optimistic of the new opportunities for business and new product development which will emerge from this. But is it really necessary for the whole fabric of our social and economic society to be forfeit? I have to get these questions off my chest, so please bear with me. Are we fiddling while our society burns? There have been more than a dozen worldwide pandemics in the last 800 years. Some include the Black Death of 1346 to 53, which caused the labour shortage, resulting in better pay and a higher standard of living for survivors, and indeed much technical innovation. London's own Black Death, 1665 to 66, killed 100,000 people, 15% of the London population. The flu pandemic of 1889 to 90 travelled the world as a result of new means of travel and killed a million people. Population was much lower then, of course. Spanish flu in 1918 to 20 killed 500 million people. I'll repeat, 500 million people worldwide. And incidentally, it wasn't started in Spain. That was fake news. The polio epidemic, which started in New York in the 1950s, and affected mainly children and some adults, including President Roosevelt. That caused thousands of deaths until a silk vaccine was developed in 1954. Asian flu in 1957 to 58 killed 1.1 million people worldwide. AIDS caused three quarters of a million deaths until a medication was found in 1990 to enable people testing HIV positive to live normal lives over a normal lifespan. Great breakthrough. Swine flu in 2009 to 10 infected 1.4 trillion people and killed half a million around the globe. Ebola in 14 to 16 caused 11,500 deaths in Africa and no cure has been found for that yet. And Zilka attacks unborn infants around the world and is still endemic. I've got the greatest sympathy for leaders worldwide, including our own, for the enormity of the challenges presented by this dreadful COVID-19. They took on the jobs and it's they who have to make the critical judgments as those world leaders of the first half of the 20th century had to make when they decided to forfeit what turned out to be 95 million people to resist worldwide domination by Herr Hitler. These politicians are on a hiding to nothing. Admittedly, I've spent little time looking, but I have seen no research from any of these epidemics or pandemics to show government intervention. Medical, yes, but political, no. To fight COVID-19, their decisions are causing young students who've already lost eight months of their essential wing-spreading years in lockdown out of a duty to keep old people safe, to be locked in virtual cages in university residence, 
Children are having to stand in squares and refrain from touching one another. The risk of dying from COVID, according to the journal Nature, is close to zero for people up to the age of 44, increasing to 3.1% for 65 to 74-year-olds and to 11.6% for anyone older. So it follows that those under 44 are being asked to make huge sacrifices for us oldies. And as a result, our whole economy, our infrastructure and our way of life is crumbling. We talk about the economy. The economy depends on people working, earning money, spending it and paying taxes. And those taxes pay for our infrastructure and our quality of life. So moving up the age scale, let me tell you that only half of the young people who are seeking work now are being successful. These are youngsters educated and ready to work. These youngsters dream of having their own houses, but accessible mortgages for first-time buyers have virtually dried up. Looking at the total market, in 2019, the UK unemployment level was 3.8%. It's now 14% for under 25s. And the reason for that is that work in retail and hospitality, which 50% of them work in, is virtually dead, except for supermarkets, that is. The hospitality section booms at Christmas, and Christmas this year is a non-event. A July poll by the Bank of England predicted that 11% of the UK workforce will not be working by Christmas. Good companies are going bust. Directors are committing suicide, overstressed by the responsibility for laying off thousands. Can we really go on like this? Can we? I ask you to consider which age groups are most valuable to the world. If you conclude that it's the young and working population, then is it right that they should be set aside to protect old people? Can't the majority of old people in possession of their faculties not make their own decisions about how they look after themselves and keep themselves safe and how much they do to keep themselves safe? So with those thoughts in mind, back to business, which has been my lifelong obsession and hobby. And apart from my family, the reason I'm so preoccupied with COVID. The status quo is that all physical social activity is curtailed. Human beings are primarily socially reliant animals. We rely on living, working, traveling, shopping and enjoying collective social interactivity. But as a direct result of government ruling, retailers are going bust. 400 stores the size of John Lewis, Oxford Street, are forecast to be lost forever. Office blocks are virtually empty and business cultures and communications are being seriously challenged. Stations and airports are desolated. Pubs, those that are open, are like visiting cattle stalls. Eating out has become a moving chess set where the objective is that no piece gets near another. And when eventually theatres and cinemas, opera and ballet, football stadia and other sports stadia and racetracks reopen, they're destined to become places of fear, not enjoyment. When will we again 
enjoy holidays in the sun, or weddings for that matter. In short, all industries which rely on people gathering socially are collapsing. Perhaps humanity is being repaid for the cruelty we inflict on other animals. Rabbits and parrots in cages, monkeys and exotic creatures kept as pets, and awful things like bears unable to turn round in bile collection cages. Maybe, when we get out of this, we'll have learned some lessons. And maybe. This is the great country it is to live in because of our people, our beautiful outdoors, our historic cities, rule of law, which has been adopted right around the globe, our comparative safety and security, and importantly, our democratic light-touch government. I make no judgments, but let's hope they all persist post-COVID-19. I hope that you won't mind me and be cross with me for getting these thoughts off my chest. I know I have no right or remit to divert from sharing my business experience over 60 years. We old people need to be doing that now, more than ever it seems, before it's too late. Sorry to end on a morbid note, but I feel very challenged. We'll get back to business next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.